everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be finally talking about the finale of Season 5 of Riverdale, Episode 19, R.I.P.? I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, who might wish for an exile from this podcast, Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing this evening? I figured it out. I figured out why they made that horrible musical episode the penultimate episode of the season. Why? And it's because they wanted any sort of like praise for the finale. They wanted you to be able to say something good about the finale. So it's like, well, at least it wasn't the musical episode. That was horrible. You know, I feel like I had a lot of thoughts on this episode when I watched it literally a week ago, but I don't remember anything about it. So we're kind of going, it's like we're going in for the first time because I'm coming in blind, basically. I can't remember anything about this episode except for literally the last scene. So we'll find out. I feel like so much of the episode didn't matter at all. So it does, it's fine. You don't have to remember it. Yeah, we'll probably go through some of these subplots quickly. There's a lot of little tiny subplots and then there's literally a section of my notes that I've labeled the plot question mark IDK. <laughs> so I I didn't really know who to assign it to or what it was really about. So I guess we'll get to that. But um, I will have something to address up front here. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we have tried over the years to be pretty deliberate and obvious and upfront with what this podcast is. And it might have changed slightly over the time because I think back when we first started covering season three, the idea was that we had both seen the first two seasons and we were hooked on it, but we hadn't quite decided whether or not we thought it was actually a good show. We were leaning in the more of like, this show kind of seems like a mess, but it's fun. It's a fun mess. And, you know, the show has done everything in its uh, capability to break us down over the years in different ways. Um, I will say that to me, it still feels pretty guilty pleasure-ish. Like, I still like it. I still look forward to watching Riverdale. And you should feel guilty about that. You should. I normally don't believe in guilty pleasures, but you should feel guilty about that. Like, in some ways, this has become more of the debate podcast than Twifight, which is a low bar, I understand, but whatever. And I just want to say, though, that, like, the thing that I always tried to make very clear about this, at least from my perspective, and Kirsten, I'll give you your chance to say your own perspective, is that, for me, I think that you can like something and still make fun of it. Like, I think that that's fine. I think that there's a healthy amount of sort of poking fun at the things that you like. And there's a healthy amount of of nitpicking on something. Now, I've watched many, many pieces of Riverdale content, especially YouTube videos and listened to other podcasts that also have the same like eye rolly kind of tendency. That's kind of like the, you know, the MO right now for Riverdale content. But I still enjoy it and I still think it's fun. But we've always said that this was supposed to be a fun, casual podcast. If you're looking for Riverdale praise, this is not the place for it. If you're looking for very serious breakdowns of the extremely important plot structure and themes of this show, you're not going to get that here, okay? You're not going to. You're going to get two people chit-chatting, and yes, there's going to be tangents, because really, this is more of my weekly time I get to talk to Kirsten. Who complained about <laughs> tangents? Who complained? Okay. 
And you might be wondering, why are you going on this rant at the beginning of the podcast? I'm only doing it because of the, yep, guys, it took us like three and a half years. We got a negative review and on iTunes. And the reason I bring it up is because I just think that the reviewer, look, everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's great. And maybe, maybe they're a troll. Maybe they're someone who just felt very, I just uh, think you much need like to cut all of to this out because we've been very clear. We only accept five star <laughs> reviews. And so if they can't leave their mean comment with a five star, I don't care what they have to say. I don't even necessarily think it's mean, but I think it's like, if you, if you don't understand that we're going to be negative, that's the podcast. That's what this is. <laughs> this is that. If you don't like it, that this isn't the podcast for you. We haven't done anything wrong. You missed the memo. <laughs> That's not our fault. So I just wanted to make that clear. And um, if you would like to give me more more negative reviews based on this speech, that's fine. You do you. You know, no, whatever makes listen, you happy. Listen, okay. <laughs> and if you have an issue with my mom's meatloaf, you can leave. <laughs> Here's the situation, okay? Number one, we only accept five-star reviews, so I refuse to <laughs> perceive whatever nonsense we received with less than a five-star review. Number two, what do you expect us to say about this show that started out where we don't know if it's good or bad and then became straight up bad? You know what? I do think there were parts of the early season four we liked. Like, I, I think there were parts of the- I liked the-, the season four finale. I liked it. It was a good finale. And you know what? This person can shut the hell up because I don't, I don't care what they I have to say. I hope finale. we lost you at the meatloaf talk. I hope you never come <laughs> back. I hope you never darken our doorstep one more time. Go away. Whatever st- like nameless. You, what, you couldn't get Hey 1, number 1 through 15, 20 were taken? Kick rocks, nerd. Go away. Um. Okay, thank you. If you want me to be nice about Riverdale, I can't promise that, but I can be mean to I you. I am curious. Do you have anything nice to say, not about this episode necessarily, but about season five? And I'm I'm excluding the first couple episodes that were technically season four. Um, what happened? Because I think, I feel like we started relatively high. Like with the time jump, I thought we thought mm, thought that was kind of interesting. I think that there was some, some conflict. I'm trying to think what happened in this season. I liked talking to you about it. I think I've got almost only positive things to say about Tabitha Tate. I will say I question her choice in men, but other than that... Uh, I'm happy that they didn't actually have aliens, so I can no longer need to be mad at Rob Sesternino. Great, great. Uh, I liked when we took a break. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, the break was good. The break was nice. <laughs> I liked where I was living before I knew that someone came in and gave us a one-star review because we talked about meatloaf. I'm sorry, I'm a lifelong <laughs> vegetarian. I don't know what meatloaf is. I didn't mean to bring you down into this, uh, pit of sadness. I'm not no. sad. I'm just genuinely, because that was like so far into the podcast for that to be what was. Like, I honestly, you know what? I hope you're okay. If you're out there, if you're still listening, I hope you're okay. But again, I will take your criticism a lot more seriously if you change that to a five-star review, because as we've said many times over the years, we do not accept less than five-star reviews. The other thing is that I think if you go into the musical episode not knowing already, like they must have just come into that musical episode for some reason and no other episode because everybody who's been listening for more than two seconds knows that Kirsten is not going to like the musical episode. They could be singing well and it could be a musical she likes and she's, she's going to hate it. So let's just like that's that's what's going to happen. Talk to the showrunner about creating a better product if you want me to be happy about it. <laughs> I, like You can go talk to their manager 
instead because we are the manager. <laughs> right. Kirsten, <laughs> famous ex-writer of Riverdale. <laughs> okay. Um, perfect. We gave well, way too much air to that. Um, that's fine. It's okay. I'll trim it down in post, maybe. So, yeah, there were things I didn't like and things I did like. I, I will say mostly it felt like this season was, like, if I had to put a word to it, I would actually say more so than, like, ridiculous or out there, it was kind of boring. Like, I, I felt like the, the very big gap in between the first half and second half of season five did not help. I feel like it lost a lot of momentum. Well, and most of the characters um, didn't interact with each other. And I think yeah. that that really did not help things. Um, Cheryl's plotline of the season was, uh, I make counterfeit art and now I'm in a cult. Yeah, Veronica's plotline was like, oh, I'm trying to divorce my husband and also I want to continue doing financial stuff that I'm nobody cares wolf about. Of Wall Street. Yeah, Archie was like back to, I, I don't know, he was probably the most normal Archie we've ever gotten even though he grabbed like 10 new jobs but he kind of like he didn't really do anything involving anyone else at all so uh, yeah, he didn't really like, do much. Every single flashback to um, trench warfare in 2020 is uh, a little weird. Yeah I just feel like Archie and all the other seasons he's like so much of a hothead like constantly trying to be yeah, a vigilante. Yeah he didn't punch very many people this season. He Yeah he really took a step back. I think the seven years in the army interestingly made him not a punchaholic. I, with with the exception of like the very beginning of the season when he had to get the ghoulies out of his house, like nothing else really happened there. Um, Betty's plotline, I would have liked much, much better if she didn't end up having to like, if it wasn't solved in the end by like, oh, let me just ask Jughead for help real quick. Oh, okay, it's solved the end. Like we spent months with her looking for the trucker killer. It didn't go anywhere. Yeah, Jughead story was uh, non-existent, truly. Also, this is the first time, I think, that we got a season of Riverdale where they introduced a like a mystery and a bad guy that we did not get resolved. We still know nothing about the trash bag killer. Yeah, but do we care? I, I would have found the trash... If like, Betty's plot all season was about the trash bag killer, I would have found that more interesting than the trucker murders, I think. Yeah, I agree with that, but how do you link that in with the fake aliens and Jughead? Anyways, the season over overall was bad. Are you ranking it last of the five? I think it's probably worst. I think so. I think they did try some things that maybe could have worked in another world, but I just don't think the plots worked together. I think they did like some weird fan service, just like calling Hiram a bitch a couple of times. I think the musical episode was bad. I think a lot of the plots were disjointed. We didn't see the main characters together very often. And ultimately, at the end of the season, going into season six, I feel like maybe 10% of it actually mattered. And that's not where you want to be at the end of a season. Yeah. And I also feel like I think the thing you're talking about with the actors not being together, while that has been a problem with Riverdale in the past, it was so apparent this time. I think it probably was at least partially COVID related. I think they were probably actively trying to keep people sort of separate and in their own like little groups of uh, oh, actors. They were all getting tested every day. That's a yeah. BS excuse. Well, I, but I think that there was 
like there was a lot of stuff that was very obvious about it. Like there were a lot of scenes that I think in any other season of the show we would have gotten, but instead we were just told about happening because they couldn't get like big group scenes with lots of extras and stuff. So I think there might be like some of that. There was definitely a lot of stuff that kind of started and then went nowhere. Like there was sort of a semi plot, if you remember, about like Cheryl and like a cheerleading squad that did, I don't even remember what happened. It was sort of like everybody was teachers for a while and then by the end of the season, we barely even see them in class anymore. So I who knows if they're still teachers. Yeah, I don't know. I thought we were going to get more resolution. Like I thought we were going to have some Cheryl Tony interaction by the end of the season and we really didn't get any besides the Britta stuff. Yeah, it's not good. It's not a good time. It was no very poorly done. I will say that, yeah, this one's probably tying. I, I would say it ties with me for season three as being the bottom. I think I think season two is still my favorite, then probably season four, then one. I think the thing is, while three is ridiculous, three is at least entertaining. It's ridiculous, but it's entertaining. This one was just boring. And three as well has like a soft spot for me just because that's where we started this whole adventure together. Right. Yes. Oh, back you in, know, like, in the good like old it's so days. Cute. We were so cute and innocent. We thought we would talk about maybe two seasons of Riverdale. We were so excited. And now I feel like we truly are Thelma and Louise ready to drive our car off a cliff together. Yes. Insert very cute clip here of us at the beginning of the first ever. Yeah, we were so young. Episode. You didn't even know how old Aww. you were. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the first episode of our Riverdale Recap Podcast. We're just popping in here for the premiere of season three, and I'm really excited to talk about this show. It struck my fancy when watching it recently. Hello, I think it's a good time for people to jump in and start talking about Riverdale because the show is so confusing, and I think they need our guidance. All right, well, let's get to this episode. Yeah, that tangent was too long. (laughs) We had a jagged voiceover. It's been almost a year. Like the grown-ups in It, we returned to our haunted hometown and confronted the darkest monster we'd ever faced. Can I just interrupt for a second there? So stupid. Don't compare. Like, just be like, oh, yeah, they're kind of like the grown-ups from It. Why are you telling us? He's such a bad writer. Dot, dot, dot. Ourselves. Enough. (laughs) We'd survived. But surviving isn't the same as thriving. (laughs) Which just made me think, this isn't isn't their thriver, it's survivor. And none of us, it seemed, were thriving. Oh my god. All right, sorry. So uh, let's real quick talk about the Veronica Reggie stuff. It's super quick. It's like at the very beginning and very end of the episode. I don't really know what the point of it was, except I guess to lead into the next season. We'll find out. I I, I think because they realized people don't like the show anymore. So now we have to recycle a plot line from season three, episode seven. Hey, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so Veronica's like, yo, Reggie, uh, did you pass your stockbroker license test? And he's like, almost, but no. Let's just start a casino in town, which first of all, you don't have a town. You have unincorporated <laughs> land that doesn't even have a fire department or a hospital. But yeah, open a casino. And he's like, remember the good old days at Le Bon Nuit when we had our casino nights? It's like, you did this one time and I don't think it worked well, but okay. Yeah, and she's like, okay, but I gotta go back to New York. And then she just straight up tells him, like, yep, Archie and I are no more. It's never gonna happen. Uh, Which I was kind of surprised at the finality of that. Well, Yeah, but it's not actually the finality of it. They're setting up season six to be, like, actual Archie comics. Uh, Yeah, but I don't don't know, like, um... 
I think that well, there's more hijinks to come. That's you think? See, because I, I, I mentioned last time, like, I really do feel like if you look at their actual relationship and personalities, they don't mesh well together. Oh, you know, like, they're attracted to each other, but they're horrible they together. Don't mesh, they do not mesh well together. Um, But I think that season six is going to be, especially if season six is the last season, I think it's going to be marketed as, like, Archie has a decision to make between Betty and Veronica, and it's going to be the back and forth that you've wanted since day one. I don't know if I wanted it. You've brought it up many times. A lot of people, I I brought it up because a lot of people want it, but I don't know if I want it. I would say just like, don't tease me with it. Don't be like what they did this season, which was like they made out for a hot sec and then we ignored it until the end of the, whatever. I want instead Archie to go away and then Betty and Veronica to end up together. I don't think that's happening, but you can, you can wish for that. I think it would be better. I think Betty and Tabitha have much more chemistry, but okay. Well, that's just because we've seen them on the same set together. (laughs) Right. Betty and Veronica, best friends. It bugs me every time they call each other B and V because I'm like, you don't get nicknames. You don't even know each other. It's not a nickname. It's an an initial. It's almost like I know you so little I can't even spend time saying your full name. I think it's a nickname. Uh, It's not a nickname. Okay, whatever. Then Veronica does a conference call with Cameron Carter and she's like, she will Wall Street's coming back. And he's like, hey, you just murdered Chad. So like, you're the Black Widow of Wall Street now and uh, goodbye. And then I I noticed it this time. She closed her computer instead of hanging up the call. (laughs) She said uh, it was self-defense. And it's like, "Mm, was it? I think it was. He came in and attacked her with a gun. Self-defense is like only as much force as it takes to save your own life to like run away. Not like I can shoot you in the chest. I guess you're in America though. So maybe you could play fast and loose the definition. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not condoning like murder, but I'm I'm just trying to figure out. You just Wait, said we, I'm not just... condoning murder, but did we? Didn't we just have this conversation last episode where I said something? I feel like this is reversed. I feel like we just had a conversation where I said something about like something about oh well you don't need to kill them, and you were like Mary, if someone's coming after you <laughs> with a gun, you would just kill them and ask questions later. I swear we had this conversation. <laughs> and here's the true a- answer to Kowski cast forever uh I am a disturber and I don't remember <laughs> the conversations that we have um I swear but yeah I think I did say that like if someone's coming after you just do what it takes but I don't remember the scene well enough to actually defend uh-huh. either stance okay fair <laughs> but anyways so she's like whatever I guess I can't go back to New York so Reggie we're gonna start a casino and uh, they start a casino behind Pearls and Posh and they they make out. Yeah, it's weird. They're like, oh, well, we can use Pearls and Posh for a cover. And then she's like, nah, I'll just ask for it and they'll let me. And then she asks to build a casino and they're like, no. And so they use Pearls and Posh as a cover. And at the end of the episode, they have a casino. Yeah, but with who's gonna have, what, are they gonna be using actual money or is it gonna be river dollars? I'm just Remember when they the had a fake pops. currency? Yeah, what happened to that fake currency? Did it just disappear? I think she had to take it all out of circulation because the kids printed too much and they had inflation. That's right. Did the kids print print too much or did it, like her dad? They printed too remember. much. We thought okay. Hiram was going to introduce more dollars to 
mess right. up the economy, but actually the kids were, they just printed more money, which actually in the world we live in, they could just print more money and it, it wouldn't be so bad, but whatever. Yeah. Um. Okay. There's a little tiny Betty and Archie plot where they're both day drinking at the White Worm and we find out that Eric moved back home. Bye, Eric. Guess guess we didn't get to say goodbye to you. You know That's what? That's kind of weird. Fine. But okay. Bye. It's, we never knew you anyways. I hope but he bye. took that dog with him. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, he tells her that him and Veronica broke up for good. We already discussed that. He wants to reopen Andrew's construction and stay here. And she got permission to reopen the FBI office There's because no she finally became town. an FBI agent. There's no town. How do they get a FBI office? They only have one police officer. Do you think that they would focus on that? What? It, like, it, it and so doesn't also, she's, she got promoted to special agent. Good. Good for her. She's officially an FBI agent, but she certainly wouldn't be a supervisory special agent who gets to run a whole branch. Yeah. Also, I thought she got kicked out of the FBI. She got kicked. I, I think that it's because she caught the killer blossom people incest family. Um, they reinstated her. Okay. Well, good for them. And then uh, Archie's going to throw a, a surprise graduation party for Betty for graduating from FBI school or whatever. And everybody's there, including Britta and Frank and Sheriff Keller. You know, Betty's closest friends. Well, it's the whole town. It's everyone who lives there. Who else is supposed to be there for her? I don't know. Anyways, uh, uh, she made a speech and it was not a good speech. Um, it was also very short. It was just like, thanks for all yeah, being here. It was literally like, uh, hi, uh, thank Thanks for the cake. I'm going to stay in Riverdale. Bye. Like, it was nothing. I think that you should not be allowed to tell someone that they need to make a speech when it's a surprise party. They didn't have anything prepared. I think that if you're in a situation where you are getting a surprise party and they say speech, you just have to, like, pull some BS out of your butt. And you have to be like, oh, my God, everyone. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be in a room with all my closest friends and family and the community that is so committed to rebuilding Riverdale together and with the new Riverdale FBI office reopening we can really pull together and create the town that we always knew we could have. Let's make Riverdale the town with pep again. Yeah, I tuned you out about halfway yeah, through that. because you just, just have to say end. some bullshit. No one's listening to you. Yep. That was a great speech. Um, How dare you? It was, it was pretty good. It was almost as good as Betty's like, we can do better. We will do better. Uh, what was that? Like a she could have just literally set, made that speech again. Jughead Jones is a part of Riverdale. F.P. Jones is a part of Riverdale. I'm a part of Riverdale. I'm and a you're Riverdale. a part of Riverdale. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyways, it's fine. Yeah, she's staying. Yeah, Mary's real blurry right now. Well, how did I get real blurry? Just like, you could just, like, put a hand up to, like, let it focus. Oh, yeah. it was just got unfocused. Okay. That's um, like, I did, what did you think happened? I don't know. I Like, I don't understand how focus works. Uh, whatever. Whatever. Okay. Jughead and Tabitha are hanging out and Waldo Weatherby is like, hey, some kids want to restart the blue and gold. So like, Jughead, you're going to be in charge of that. Did Betty and Jughead have like a administrator person? I don't remember that. Uh, I mean, I think in, in theory they did, but like, I don't remember who it was. I certainly don't remember them having someone like in there teaching them while they were well, like Well, yeah, everyday. but I don't think that Jughead's supposed to be teaching them 
them. But I'm assuming that when they first started working on the blue and gold, they had like a more hands-on advisor. And then as Riverdale got worse and as they like didn't listen anyways, they just like took probably did a coup and took it over. I don't know. But anyways, um, does the school even have computers? How are they going to produce a newspaper? That's my question. I, I don't know. Uh, no comment. Uh, Jughead and Tabitha go on a date and- Good for them. She, yeah, she's like, we could move in together. Well, since he's homeless, that would make be right. nice for him. Um, she's like, yeah, move move out of the garage. Probably because she doesn't want to sleep in the garage. Yeah. Um, but like, doesn't she have like a house? I'm assuming she does. She probably lives in Pop Tate's old house. Yeah. She said. I think she said her lease was up and that they could move. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, at the Blue and Gold, Jughead's teaching his students about journalism, and he talks about how information is like truth, and truth is shaped by those who write it, like in the Lodge Ledger, which apparently is a newspaper in Riverdale. Why does Hiram have a newspaper in Riverdale? Uh, because Alice Cooper stopped having a newspaper. That was a long time ago yeah. that he bought the Riverdale I mean, they had, they had to have some kind of newspaper in town. Did Lodge? they? I mean, they don't have a fire department. Why would they need a newspaper? Well, I'm assuming they haven't had an, a newspaper in some time. They've probably just had, like, propaganda pamphlets from Hiram Lodge. Yeah. I don't know. It's whatever. So, um... Yeah, this is, like, kind of skipping ahead of the actual plot part, but there's a fire that happens at Pops. That yeah. That part comes and later. And so we find out that um, Tabitha did not pay her insurance premiums because she didn't have enough money to pay her insurance and pay her staff, so she just paid her staff. But now the, the building has, has burned down, so she uh, can't reopen Pops. Whatever. And then Hiram publishes an article about how Pops is bad and outdated and needs to go. Yeah, which I feel like Hiram has been kind of like beating that drum for like four well, seasons. Well, why is he okay. kicking them when they're down? Like, it already burned down. Like, th- all this did was make them more mad at him. I-, I think because I think Hiram's goal, right, is to like buy all of Riverdale. Well, we're going to find that out in the quote unquote plot that we're going to mm, get to in a second. Bold to call it a plot. Yeah. I don't know. The whole burning of Pops thing, like, it's, they, well, because the thing is, fine. is the scene with the fire looks like Pops got absolutely gutted by a massive fire. But then every other scene in the area in the episode looks like maybe a small portion of it got gutted, but that the rest is totally fine and usable and not even damaged by smoke. Yeah. I mean, there seemed to be like some sort of blackened, charred smoke marks and like some of the decorations on the walls were a little bit dark, but it's like all the booths were still there. It, it, the kitchen, I'm assuming, is in the back. So unless that was affected, but like he, Jughead makes a hamburger, so I'm assuming it's not too far burned. Like, I mean, it look, it doesn't look great, but yeah, it but certainly they doesn't look bad. The insurance money to get it up to code, and she doesn't have that. But whatever, it's fine. They're upset about all of this, so uh, Jughead gets an idea, and they go and throw a Molotov cocktail into the Lodge Ledger offices, and then they just stand there and kiss while it burns. Yeah, which is like Jughead's thing. I think this is the second, at least the second time that Jughead literally gets turned on with a lady friend while watching a, a place burn. I think that cool guys walk away from explosions, dorks get turned on by explosions. Okay. All right, He's fair a, enough. Jughead is H-word on main, okay? Yeah, a little bit. And then I, I think this is also funny because if it is the same building as the Riverdale Register, uh, like Alice threw a rock in that building way yeah. back in season Imagine one or two. Imagine if she had just remember. thrown Thank a Molotov you. cocktail. Whew, that would have been rough. Yeah, could have gotten rid of the Black well, Hood a lot earlier. Yeah, that was when Hal was living in there too, right? So that yeah. could have been uh, two birds, one Molotov cocktail. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, so then uh, Jughead's like, hey, blue and gold kids, we're going to now become the Riverdale choice. And it's a new free press for all of Riverdale. And we're going to report truthfully without bias how all papers probably start. And uh, we're going to hold whoever is in charge accountable, even if they're our friends, especially if they're our friends. Whatever. Cue the plot. <laughs> all right. And that happened. Yeah, here's the plot. All right. So the plot is that a ghoulie or somebody with a lot of face tattoos is taking some jingle jangle and drinking in a car outside of Pops. And then he throws the Molotov cocktail in it. Tabitha and Jughead get a call from Dolores, who's looking after Pops, and they go there. Archie and the boys get a call at the fire station, but somebody has slashed the tires on the fire truck, so it takes them a while to get there. Pops is like burning, burning up a bit, and everybody's like, bet it was Hiram. Meanwhile, over at Hiram's side of things, Archie and Betty and Sheriff Keller all arrest Hiram. And they arrest Archie's him there. without any actual cause of arrest. They arrest it's him like, completely we know it's you. <laughs> on suspicion with no investigation. I do not think, like, they, they have logic on their side, but they do not have probable cause. And I do think that this was probably against Hiram's constitutional rights. Can you have constitutional rights when you're not inside a real town? He's still in the United States of America. I, I don't know. There's like a lot of stuff that's happening here that I kind of feel like if no one is in charge. I mean, didn't Dooley get murdered too? No, he remember. told Dooley he was going to murder him if he ever came back about the um, Palladium. That's right. That's right. So anyway, Betty wants to search his Sodale office to find something that ties him to the crime. And then I love when she says, or literally any other crime at this point, because like we know he's done all these crimes we just need to find some evidence i don't know why they're doing this they tried this before they've gotten him arrested before it doesn't go anywhere yeah it, whatever so they go through and they take like all of his financial records and they're like oh veronica can help us because she understands this as if that would stand up in a court of law yeah i but i i think we're kind of like outside of the no they're like they're still in america and there is still due process but i think and i mean we're literally going to talk about this like, later but like it's not like if, you can just be in America and you just drive out to the middle of the country and you're like, oh, rural Route 46. Perfect. This is like international waters. I can kill a guy here and not have to go to jail. I, I hear what you're saying, but also like they're going to say later, let's just pretend that they all decided to execute Hiram. Who's going to care? No one's going to like care. Whatever. Okay, whatever. Um, I okay. think people would care. Why? All of these girls have been murdered in Riverdale. No one cares. I mean, Betty cares. But that was about it. I think the FBI cared. They just didn't know enough information. They didn't care enough to look at the I mean, they, shed that they was like were the side of the road. TBH, the FBI was doing like sting operations along the Lonely Highway. They just were targeting um, the victims of crime rather than the people perpetuating them. Yeah. Um. What? Okay. Anyway, so Fangs and Tony go find the ghoulie who set the fire because they're going to do some serpent justice. Yeah, they literally get this guy and then they torture him. Like, they're, they're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're just, like, gang. beating him up. They're what were they doing? They, there was, like, a whole thing where she's, like, turned the radio on. Was that just to cover the noises of screaming? Or was I, the radio somehow doing something bad? <laughs> it could be both. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I don't really I'm know. not really versed in torture. And I, I love when she's, like, how dare you risk a, a war with the serpents? And he's, like, the serpents have been a joke, you know, for a long time. Like, yeah, which, that's what we've been saying. Ever since all the adults left the serpents, the serpents are just a group of kids. I mean, but I guess the kids are not, like, 25, but now. still. But still, not good. They've gone soft, okay? So they just, yeah. they just like beat this guy up. I don't, whatever. I hope they kill him. I like, I don't care. Probably. Betty, Archie, and Veronica search Hiram's office. They find a document 
of Hiram incorporating Sodale, even though Sodale is literally nothing, so that he can redraw its boundaries to include Riverdale. So Hiram owned a town. He pretty much owned Riverdale. He had all the important buildings. And then he destroyed it. Then he unincorporated it. Then he incorporated a new town in order to grab the land from the previous town that he already owned. The only thing he, I guess he didn't technically own was the palladium mines under the Blossom Manor. Guess but, like, what? He still doesn't does he own get them. That? Yeah, that's like private property. That, I, this, that's not how that works, like, right? Even if it became part of an incorporated Sodale, it still belongs to the Blossoms. Well, you know, but isn't there that whole thing where it's like you can buy a house, but then like the government can decide that like, oh, we need to build a road here, so we're going to get rid of your house? Um, I don't know about that, but I do wonder about the land rights to the um, Blossom property. Like maybe they own the rights to like the trees and everything above ground, but they don't own like the mineral rights. And so like hmm. he could get That's the possible. mines. So yeah, maybe maybe this plan isn't as dumb as I thought it was, but no, it's, still, pretty it's dumb. still dumb because if that's the case, he could have just incorporated it into the existing Riverdale that he owned. Like it, it he didn't have to do all this. Yeah. But yeah, what, I don't really eh, whatever. So Betty's like, I'm gonna see if this is even legal. Wh- whatever. And then Tony and Fangs are like, Well, we want justice. We're not gonna allow him to just get away with this. And Veronica finally agrees to quote unquote take appropriate action, which we're all led to believe is killing Hiram, but we can't have our good guys kill him. So, um, anyway, I I don't know, but I, I do feel like this is like one of those situations where, again, I don't con- condone murder, but in fiction, it's like when the superhero doesn't want to kill anyone because they feel like that would be stooping to the level of the bad guy. So then by not killing the bad guy, the bad guy murders a lot of innocent people. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, he's a bad guy. Why don't you just like kill him? Like clearly after the point where they like escape being locked up multiple times. I don't know. Uh, because we're on the CW, I don't know. Tony is like, we want serpent justice, which I think means murder? I don't know, because she also wants, like, serpent justice in that she feels like the serpents, who probably realistically make up a good percentage of the people in town anyway, they need 51% of the people within the borders of Riverdale to sign an endorsement in order to reincorporate the town, which I'm kind of surprised we're just hearing about now. Why have we not been trying to do that all season? Like, what has changed? I guess, theoretically, we have, like, built Riverdale back up some because we like made the school better and there's uh, like a, that's a bold take yeah I, I don't really think we did much like if the plot of the season was supposed to be that we were building it back up so that we could then get the signatures I feel like we didn't achieve that goal like I feel like we didn't do anything to make Riverdale better no and they should have made it a thing where it like was like okay we need to get 51% of the population to sign this so we can reincorporate and then like a lot of the season is like these are the things that people are making us do in order to get their signature like oh yeah. these 10 people won't sign unless we have a fire department so there's an episode about like getting the fire department back it's like oh these people want us to have a police force so then it's like they're recruiting like new officers or like these people want the educational quality like i feel like that would be a more compelling plot for a season of tv than the mishmash they gave us and then hiram's down in sodale like trying to like stop them every step of the way like a like a villain in like go go gadget i think it would have been a better episode a better season of tv i think that would have made more sense it would have been more cohesive and I think that's kind of what they were trying to do for the first several episodes because it was like episode one Archie needs to get the ghoulies out of his house episode two like Archie needs to start a fire department everyone needs to come back to school and help so I feel like we were kind of going in that direction like didn't he like restart the football team and I think oh, we were kind of doing thing. that he got money from Veronica yeah. to start a football team so I do feel like that was kind of a thing for a while but it seems like the back half of the season has been like nonsense about palladium they didn't do then, it well in the other part right. though like 
where they tried to do it, it wasn't well done. Well, right, because there wasn't this overarching idea. It was just this, like, we need to save Riverdale, this just, like, big, you know, like, statement, rather than a realistic, like, we need signatures to reincorporate the town, but whatever. So Tony and Fang say, basically, if Veronica and Archie don't take care of Hiram, then they will do it and step in. But Veronica has a plan. She says that we can make Hiram go missing. No one is left who would go looking for him. Apparently, he had a falling out with Hermosa, but we don't really know, like, why that was happening. Maybe he's mad at Hermosa for telling Reggie where the Palladium was. Yeah, and then Reggie bangs on the window, and they made really scary music when this happened, and I thought, like, something bad was gonna happen, but really, it was basically just the It's About the Kids again, except mm-hmm. it was just Reggie this time, but it was way scarier. It's About and the he, Kids. It's, it's About the Kids. He gives them a thumb drive with irrefutable evidence. Also, this is a, a thing I just noticed, because he said it was a smoking gun. As a kid, I always thought it was smoke and gun, and I didn't understand what that meant, but okay. I get it now. Well, good for you exposing yourself. So they have irrefutable evidence that Hiram's done crime, and so that's great for them. Betty's, like, in her FBI office and gets a call from the trash bag killer who's like, oh, congratulations on becoming an agent. Uh, If you don't come looking for me, I won't come looking for you. And she's like, well, I can't make that promise. And then we see that he, even though he's on the phone, he's wearing a bag on his head. Yeah. And he's like covered in like blood and Like, I think it would have made way more sense to just have the scene of the trash bag killer from behind. So we just see like the arm or shoulder of someone in a chair on the phone and we don't see what he looks like. Because why is he wearing a mask to be on the phone? They can't see you. So that so that we don't know what they look like. Yeah. He's don't like, don't you dare start a track and trace because I won't be on the phone long enough for that. Yeah. Is that how that works? I, I do think you need to be on the phone for a certain amount of time to track like a landline. But I think that with cell phones, you can just like find the location of it and it, based on like the cell towers that it's bouncing off of. Unless he had a burner. Um, I don't know. How but if it works. was a burner phone, it would still be bouncing off of cell towers. True. True. Yeah, I don't know. So then Veronica and Archie take Hiram from his jail cell at gunpoint and there's a Hiram exile party. I'm skipping that part. Yeah, um, basically just everyone is there and they're all like, well, we're gonna, like, you have to leave and you should start walking, get out of town, basically. Yeah, the evidence that was on the thumb drive was the video of Hiram killing the, like, mobster guy who killed his father, which is kind of funny because that was probably, like, the one guy that he killed that, like, sort of weirdly made Hiram look, like, rootable. Well, I just, and, okay, this is part of why I'm mad about this season, because they gave us a whole episode trying to justify why Hiram is the way he is, what made him become a criminal, what made him, like, be a murderer, what he wants moving forward, and then they just said, scratch, scratch that, uh, he's gonna get exiled from the town and all of it will mean nothing. Like, it was really, they, like, they've never showed us Hiram in a good way, and, like, if someone's gonna be, like, your big bad, I feel like you want to know them and know why they're a big bad, instead of, like, okay, well, now we're gonna kind of show you, but also, like, not really, and it's not gonna matter anymore because he's getting exiled in three episodes. Do you think this is the end of Hiram? Are we gonna see him anymore? I hope that it is the end of Hiram. Um, I saw an interview with the showrunner where they were like, hopefully we see more of Hiram in the future, but, like, it wasn't a guarantee either way. I believe I saw that Mark Consuelos, at the very least, is is no longer going to be, like, a series yeah, regular. He's he's done. This was, like, his last time as a series regular, and, like, maybe we'll see him once or twice, but I think he's mostly 
actually just done. I think that we will see everybody again, including Hiram, including Hermione, including FP, like in one of the last couple episodes of the season six. I think that's what we'll do. I mean, if season six is the last season, yes. If it's not the last season, then it might not be. But we'll see them again before the show's over. I really don't see how it could not be the end. I feel like we could have said the same thing three years ago, and here we are. Okay. I don't know. I feel like it, I feel like the momentum. Like I was surprised that I was surprised to hear there was going to be a season six. I think they could have ended it with five, but I, I feel pretty confident that season six should be the end. Anyway, so meanwhile, with this whole fifty-one percent thing, Tony and Fangs are like, we need to make the serpents more of a priority again. Tony wants the serpents to be a big part of whatever the new reincorporated town looks like. They want to take the serpents serpents off the road, out of their trucks, and back into town, building up their ranks. And for what mu- what job? are they going to do to make money? See, that's what I'm like unclear about because this is the problem with trying to make a gang the center of your teen show made with teens and not make it a a drug dealing gang. Like when the Serpents started, they were like, yeah, we do some shady stuff, but it was okay because everyone kind of like, that's who they are. But then once Jughead like became the leader, I think the show was like, okay, well, we can't have Jughead be like doing drug trades. So I guess we need to make the gang good now, but it's not really... Like, so what is the gang anymore? What is it? What is it really? If they didn't get back together in the seven years of the time jump, it's not going to work now. Yeah. So Tony wants Fangs to be the king of the serpents. I just think Jughead still has a blood right to that. I don't think they can just give it to someone else. Well, I mean, Jughead's father was the previous Serpent King, but I don't know, like, that Jughead's grandfather was. I don't think he was. Wait, maybe he was. I think he was. <laughs> Actually, I do think he was. I do think he was. Wait, which one's the writer? Was that his grandfather or his great-grandfather? I don't even remember. That was his grandfather. Okay. I don't know. I have to go back and rewatch. Don't the, do um... that. That's a okay. waste of your time. Okay. So Archie checks back in with the 51% thing. They've got some signatures, but people... People want to know what the new town is going to be like. And Archie's like, I don't know. What if Tony's the mayor? And she's like, I don't have time for that. Which, that's <laughs> not how being a mayor is. Like, you have to have an election. I guess they can do whatever they want right now. So Tabitha to- talks with Pop Tate. This was surprising. I didn't see this coming. Yeah. And I love how chill and happy Pop Tate looks because he was able to get out of Riverdale literally and figuratively. Anyway, they're like, oh, the diner, it's going to cost a lot of money to repair, which li- like literally they're sitting in what looks like a purse perfectly good diner. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't even know what they're talking about. But Pop Tate's like, what are you talking about? I have a massive retirement fund, so uh, I will help cover the repairs if you just let me come back and work here with you and run Pops. He had one year of retirement and he got bored. You know, that checks out. I think that, that I mean, makes they sense. were they had never raised their prices ever. How does he have a good retirement fund? Didn't they like raise money for his retirement fund? I, I don't remember. I have like literally no idea. Who could know? I don't know. Okay, so the core four spend their, I don't know, maybe first time together as a foursome in like 12 episodes and they discuss how are we going to run Riverdale? I like how you didn't write like any of Cheryl's stuff until this point because she did have like No, I have more more Cheryl stuff below. It's just my, I told you my notes were structured badly today. I I just forgot to move it above the plot stuff. It's down below. Yeah, so the the core four discuss how to run Riverdale. Jughead's like, what if we have a committee? And Betty's like, that'll turn into anarchy. And then Betty's just a mayor that has to answer to a council. And Veronica's like, people don't want a mayor because Hiram I mean, was so corrupt. how is a committee anarchy if the committee... A committee is basically just a council that a mayor would have to answer to. I know. They're the same thing. Anyway, so then Cheryl shows up with Abigail's diary, which we'll circle back to in a second. And 
I don't understand how Abigail has a diary that has an account of her death in it. She's a witch. Who wrote that? Who she's wrote a witch. Account? Okay, she did. Mean, no, this is a fabrication. Abigail doesn't exist. Nana Blossom probably just wrote this whole thing. Mm, I don't know about that. Cheryl's up to her old antics. She wants a formal apology because their ancestors might have killed her ancestor. Maybe uh, Jughead's like we're literally not their ancestors. This is so dumb. Like, okay, do you remember the end of season four? The whole plot was like Tony can't be with Cheryl because Cheryl's family sucks. It's like, and Cheryl's like, that's not fair because like I'm not bad. It's just my family. But now she's turning around doing the exact well, same I, thing. Because I think what happened is like over time she's been like, I've had to try to atone for my family sins, and no one has atoned for their family's sins. It doesn't make sense. It's du- whatever. It's fine. They didn't even know about their family. Whatever. So, anyways, they have the town meeting. Yes. And they're like, the town's gonna be led by a council of four people. And Cheryl's like, ugh, you and your friends? And Archie's like, uh, no. So it's gonna be Tabitha, Tony, Frank, and Alice. And they're gonna run, uh, the town. Right. Tabitha, who's dating Jughead, Alice, mother to Betty, and Frank, uncle to, to Archie. So it's basically them. I mean, I know it's not actually them, but it's like basically still them. I just, whatever. I, sure. And, uh. And Tony, who I can down. And Tony was sure. And Charlotte's like, but what about the past? And Archie's like, tonight's about the future. And she's like, whatever. The block, like Thornwood will secede from the town of Riverdale and we won't be part of your whatever you're doing. Anyways, they've got a town now and it is being run by Tabitha, Tony, Frank, and Alice. Yep. And, and that's happening. Nobody opposes the nomination. Everybody raised their hand. Town's back on the map. Reggie and Veronica pitched the idea of starting the casino and they're like, ha, 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 your priorities are off. We need to, like, you know, have roads and bridges. And she's like, okay. Um, so she says, like, I, I love that that finally we have people who give a reasonable response to Veronica's an- antics. But like we said, then basically Veronica and Reggie just start the illegal casino anyway. Yeah, which, like, I just don't care. Yeah. And then there's a sign that says, welcome to Riverdale, the town with pops. Which, pops? Like, is that supposed to be a pun? Or is it just, like, our town has pops? Tate. Well, I think it's because like it used to be the town with pep and now they don't have any pep, but they do have pops. I don't, it's not good, but (laughs) what if it was like that they just started calling the river, river daddies pops now? It's the town with lots of pops. No, not really. There aren't any. All the river daddies are gone. Stop reminding me of that. Yeah. But so Archie is like, Betty, I want to try again. Not as friends with benefits. Let's date for real. And she's like, sure. And then they start hooking up and then- this came out of nowhere to me. Like, this doesn't feel earned. They haven't spent any time together. They haven't really been friendly. Like, he threw a surprise party for her and they chatted in a bar. That was all that happened. Yeah, I don't care about Why are they dating? these people or the things that they have earned or not earned. He thought he was going to be marrying Veronica five minutes ago. Like, Th- that's what I'm saying. Like, why does he need to date Betty? Like, I-, I actually, I think it would be more. Doesn't know how to be alone. It would be more realistic if he was like, hey, why don't we try being normal friends? Or being friends with benefits. Those two things are more like realistic than like, let's try to date even though we have no feeling. I don't know. Well, anyway, speaking of realism, we hear a straight up ticking sound for a bomb under RG's bed. And Betty's like, is that your clock? And he has like an electric alarm clock. I I can't. What is that mysterious ticking noise? (laughs) It's a pipe bomb. (laughs) Yeah, it's not though. It's just a bomb. It's just, I mean, it could be a pipe bomb. We didn't get that close of a look at it. There could be a pipe. I don't even know there. what a pipe bomb looks like. I think it's sure. a pipe, a bomb in a pipe, like that, oh, like the okay. structure of the bomb, not like that you're bombing like a pipe, but like 
like oh the... wait a pipe okay this is a dumb question okay. a pipe like a cylindrical tube or yeah. a pipe like the kind you smoke out of like a cylindrical tube wow that makes so much more sense all my life i thought it was like an old-timey like corn cob pipe oh yeah, my gosh this frosty makes so the much snowman was actually trying to build the pipe bomb okay <laughs> anyways so then we just see hiram in his car and he's like smiling and he's like haha i set off a bomb like whatever G- goodbye hiram yeah and that that's it that's the end so what do you think I do you would, think archie and betty died uh no they definitely didn't die do you think the actors tried to root for that so they could get off the show no i think they're having fun huh. um uh, archie's got a kid now so he has to raise some money yeah i mean raise some money he's gotta he's gotta have a, have a job is what I, meant. I mean his baby uh his baby's mom is like a famous model so i think they're fine oh okay good for them so then we there is the stuff with cheryl really just boils down to wait hold on no i'm still curious so what how do you think they avoided dying i I, they threw it out a window i don't care what if archie was like i had built this secret bunker just for this type of thing ever since blah 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 blah. or maybe frank ran in and dived over top of it mary i mean this with the utmost respect i love you so much but can you shut up (laughs) (laughs) all right so cheryl cheryl (laughs) she's she's um tasked britta with hacking away at the mines because they need that good good palladium and they find a bunch of skeletons and nana blossom is like oh that must be the skeletons of the people from the past and then we have a story <laughs> from <laughs> skeletons of the people of so we get a flashback. Yeah, and Thoriel used to flashback. be a girls' school, and Abigail Blossom taught the girls, but she didn't have a husband, so the town didn't trust her, okay? And the people in the town knew about palladium, which was also worth a lot of money in 1890, even though catalytic converters didn't even exist yet. What was determined <laughs> is the one use of palladium. It's why it's expensive. I know, I understand. So they go to Thornhill with their pitchforks and they're going to get the palladium and they're like, you're a witch. We're burning you at the stake. And then plot twist, she was a witch. And she was a witch <laughs> and she cursed them and she said that she there will be tragedy forever. And then because of this curse, the mines collapsed and it entombed an entire generation of Riverdale's fathers and sons, which how are there still people there then if it got a whole generation of all of them? Okay, so... Archibald Andrews, that's lame. I mean, like, that's two on the nose, so that's literally just Archie's name. Beatrice Cooper, I don't understand why they all need to, like, start with the same letter as the person who now is Because in how their else would we know who they're talking about, Mary? And Jedediah Jones, which kills me because I'm sorry. So I guess it was Jedediah Jones, and then Jedediah's son was Forsyth, Forsyth Pendleton. Pendleton. And then it was Forsyth Pendleton Jones Jr. No, there would have been way more generations in between. I'm so confused. Well, I don't how know. Many gener- it's no, only been be, like I think, th- I think there'd be at least. Years. I think there'd be at least one more generation in there. One more in between there. I think well, it was Jughead's probably the third. So yeah, maybe maybe one. I more. I think there'd be one more, but like whatever, it's fine. Oh, maybe not. We don't know. Eh, we don't know. Maybe Jedediah Jones had children really late. Yeah, in life. we don't know who had kids young and who had kids old. We're not judging. We're just trying to make sense of this show. But anyways, it shouldn't have been Jedediah. It should have been for, like FP of like some other like names i i just don't know like they started it with a j what if it was uh, frankenfurter patrick uh, is that the best we can do i d- i don't know what about frederick okay well frankenfurter is <laughs> way better than whatever that was uh <laughs> frederick frederick in an accent okay what accent was, what accent was that please elaborate posh, posh person nope 
It's Friedrich. Not. Nope. <laughs> Ooh, Friedrich. Why are you Mrs. Doubtfire? <laughs> uh, okay. So a- Abigail cursed everybody and then the mines collapsed and that's where all the dead bodies are from. Yeah. And Cheryl reads the curse and is like, we're going to change the ministry from a cult into a school for lost souls. Why is, why is, um, why is, what's her name? Britta. Why is Britta in on this? Like, why is she doing? Because she's why been adopted okay <sighs> she's been adopted i mean she's being housed there it's whatever it's, it's fine thing. so yeah she's gonna start a school for lost souls i guess and that school will not be in riverdale it'll be on, at thornhill because she has seceded from the town we do know that um sabrina is coming in next season uh, yeah. I thought you'd like this. You've been, like, rooting for this forever. Well, yeah, but, like, it made way more sense before the time jump, and now it's a little bit confusing how Sabrina's gonna actually be involved. Um, And there's, like, timeline stuff, so it's, like, which Sabrina is coming? Is it Sabrina who is the queen of hell? Is it Sabrina who lives as a human? We don't know. So, like... Sabrina's queen of hell? Wow. She's the How'd devil's she daughter. She's the devil's daughter. Oh, snap. Wouldn't that make her the princess of hell? Yeah, but she, like, took it over. She did a Oh. But she used time but she used like time travel so that there's one of her ruling hell and one of her living on earth. So we like don't know which one it is. Oh, parallel universes. My least favorite time travel, but okay. I like causal loop time travel. Me too. I only like causal loop time travel. Yeah. So, but it's okay. It was still fine. So yeah, it's just like confusing as to how Sabrina's actually coming in and what it's going to mean and like how old will she be and like what is the actual timeline of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina then. Like, is was she, like, a kid after the time? Tra- like, we don't... It's just confusing, but uh, it's fine. We'll get our answers in season six. We also find out in this episode that Kevin is going to go to New York City to give Broadway another shot because he doesn't want to be Sheriff Keller's full-time deputy. And uh, Frank asks Alice out. Yeah, those were the other two things. Question about the Kevin thing. Do you think that was a goodbye for Kevin or do you think we'll see him again and he'll be like, I gave it a shot? I think that we will still see him in some episodes but he's not going to be in every episode okay that's a bummer and i could care less about frank and alice i wish i like i cared at all like i just can't we like don't they're literally just the only two adults in town besides penelope it's like well i guess you're the last man on earth so yeah basically we did get one she wolf of wall street count so i don't like counting that because it hurts every time they they say i'm not doing anything with it it's not on the website or anything let's glance back real quick at our predictions from our Riverdale preview episode from okay. season 5-0. From seven years ago. Yes, this episode was back, uh, let's see, January 19th. Oh, back in, wait. Oh, yeah, no, that was still 2021. So it was still the same year. Okay. Predictions. Who will break up during the first three episodes? All right, we already discussed that one. Um, and the answer was everybody. Who will break up during the time jump? And the answer is everybody broke up again. Well, Jughead and Betty never got back together and Archie and Veronica did break up again, so. Yeah, but Archie and Betty also broke up and we didn't we didn't even know to anticipate that they yeah broke up and got back together so we didn't know we didn't know what we didn't know it's fine yeah okay superlatives real quick who was the most disconnected from reality the entire season whose plot just noped it right through the whole thing whose plot didn't do that i don't know i i would say probably cheryl or jughead i think jughead and cheryl probably cheryl has a slight edge but between the two of them it's close for me yeah uh what was the most shocking death did we only have one 
one death? Was Chad the only death? That pa- can't be right. Polly died and a oh, lot Polly of other died. and a lot of other girls along the lonely highway. Have some right. respect. I'm gonna say that Polly was yeah. the most shocking because I really didn't think they were gonna I kill didn't her. think they were gonna kill her. Yeah. Was there a best kiss? No. I don't really remember any significant kisses at all. Third I'm an adult. I'm almost 30. I don't care about the kisses anymore. Yeah. Well, the season three, episode 15 kiss apparently was really good that we rated for for that. What was the most ridiculous subplot? Was it the aliens? No, the most ridiculous subplot was Jughead falling into a sinkhole right. and getting rabies from a rat. You're right. The Rat King. That was yeah. the most ridiculous subplot. Especially because if he had actually gotten rabies, he would have died because he did yes. not get treatment in time. Yes. Who was the character we wish we saw more of? Hmm. FP. We saw zero of him. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, FP. What was the most infuriating headcanon that happened this season? I'm going to say it was Veronica was the she-wolf of Wall Street at any point in time. That's right. That was the most infuriating thing. Okay, great. Well, there's that. Who was most normal of this this week? Um, uh, hmm. Eric, because he left. Because <laughs> he left. You know what? Yep. <laughs> he left Riverdale. He was like, you know what? I don't need this town, actually. I don't, I'm not from here. I have no weird yeah. emotional attachment to it, so I can leave. I don't need to be rooming with the other trauma boys. Mm-hmm. We can go. I can, I can yeah. leave. He noped right. out of there. And he did. thank you for accepting that answer because I I didn't <laughs> I have another else. one for you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have any close but no cigars from last time or from this time, but I do have that somebody did reach out and they said that Smarties from last time was um, actually a close but no cigar to Sardi's, which apparently is a restaurant. So thank you, Evil Roy on Twitter for that. Good to know. Yes, thank you. Um, also, I don't feel like looking it up, but Cameron Carter, I'll look it up. Um, you haven't written as Cameron. Cameron Carver in your notes. Sorry, that's what I mean. Cameron Carver. Uh, is that is that a character from Archie? They are now. Well, but that's not the same thing. I don't see anything. Nothing's jumping out, so okay. maybe not. And then I could not find any title of any kind of significant movie or other piece of pop culture that was R.I.P. question mark. You got anything? There's various songs called R.I.P. There was a movie called R.I.P.D., but that's not the same thing. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't find anything. So, what? if it actually meant R.I.P. as in routing information protocol rather than rest in peace. I don't feel like answering that. I don't even know. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just think if it's not named after anything, why is there a question mark? Is the is this supposed to be like R.I.P. Hiram question mark? R.I.P. Archie and Betty who might have died question mark? I don't, I don't know. I be- beseech you to stop asking me to try and make sense of this. <laughs> Ooh, if I say it just like this, kind of looks like I have cat ears. Great. So for the people listening to this audio only podcast, <laughs> Mary is um, being ah. weird. Uh, but don't worry, I got a screenshot. Oh. thanks and it's really flattering (laughs) oh no what what face am i making i'll send it to you on facebook oh no it's probably really unflattering Uh, it's not your best look well take a better one i was looking really cute in some of them Why you gotta do this to me? I gotta hurt I mean, my I didn't post it anywhere. Okay. It could be worse. That's not as bad as I thought it was. I just be. sent it to you. Thanks, thanks. Okay, whatever. You can choose whether you want to post that or not. Everyone, cyber bully Mary. If we get why why are we bringing cyberbullying back? We currently have 
59 ratings in the U.S. iTunes store. If you get us to 100 ratings and all of the new ones have to be five stars, Mary will post that picture on um, Twitter. Th- this picture has never seen the light of day. We're not getting we two get, more ratings. If we get to 100 ratings total, I'll post it to Twitter. Oh my gosh. It right. will see the light of day you if know what? you give us five star reviews. You know what? We spent the first part of this podcast, um, or at least I did, uh, feeling bitter about our, our low rating. But I would just like to shout out, I'm not bitter about our low rating. I think that person's bitter. And I feel sorry for them that they have such a life that they have to go and write one star reviews for podcasts. My only crime is not enjoying bad TV and also not knowing what meatloaf is. Okay, it's fine. I, yeah, it's also like, you know, it's not like we're making money off of this. Like we are literally losing, well, I'm losing money off of this. So like, what what do you what do you think that you like all you're doing is just kicking someone when they've got nothing thank you thank you okay so i do want to shout out the very many people who reached out to us on twitter and other social media this week so i would like to shout out seth ron who said that they decided to jump into a kowski cast riverdale recap for dance of death which was the episode before the musical episode after never watching a single episode they listened to me and kirsten casually mentioned ghost armies mothmen spaceships dreams and a nebulously owned mind whose ore values range from two college textbooks to half a military fighter jet (laughs) yep and um it was a trip they can fully say they were not prepared for nevertheless i enjoyed my time despite having zero clue what was going on and seth is on my like good list big time because great i posted a tweet saying it's transfer money to your daughter day if you see this i'm your daughter with my paypal link and seth sent me money oh yeah so nice thanks dad yeah uh seth uh seth said that they um they originally wanted to watch it because the way it was touted as the episode that finally broke kirsten and and that was what piqued their interest so um that was great i'm broken and that person's complaining about the content Um, I would like to shout out the Mystery Outsiders and Abs podcast who reached out to us and they said that they have some uh, aggressively upsetting news for us is that we're almost done with season five, but season six starts only five weeks later. They're trying to kill us. And so season six starts November 16th. Riverdale is moving to Tuesday evenings and uh, they're doing like a five episode event leading into the like Christmas time holidays. Um, So I think it'll be like five episodes that are all related and then the ones after that maybe will be less related. I'm actually intrigued by that because it'll be potentially more cohesive if they've, you know, at the very least, I think we can assume they will have thought out all five of those episodes, which is not something I can always say about every five episodes that comes along. Who knows? Who knows? So the Mystery Outsiders and Abs podcast also says they've now listened to all of our Riverdale content. Well, not, I'm not going to say all. It just says they've listened to... <laughs> I added in the You're all. just giving them ex- way more credit than I don't expect they you to listen to all of it. Um, instead of just our RHAP content and realize that we are better podcasters than them. Aw, that that that's just probably untrue. And uh and and that they're, they're not the only ones who thought that Archie was potentially mining Cheryl's mines for free. Because <laughs> I mean, we definitely thought that. He was. Yeah, there was no payment plan set up that we saw except for the like $350 she gave him or whatever it was. Which is not enough. Yeah. Um Aaron says at Kowski Cast, the fact that they're 
going to see Moulin Rouge was a little Easter egg type thing because Aaron uh, Tvet, I don't know how to pronounce his name, is the lead in Moulin Rouge and he played the, the dead son in Next to Normal, which I did find out after some research because I was watching a clip of the one song that I really did like from Next to Normal. Um, I was watching the actual Broadway people do it, uh, which was the Superboy Invisible Girl song that Veronica sang. And he was in that and I'm like, hey, he looks familiar. And then I remembered that he was in Les Mis, uh, the movie, which I didn't like, but I liked him in it. And then and then I looked him up and yes, in fact, he is playing Christian in Moulin Rouge. And that made me want to see it. Full circle. Full circle. And it did uh, in that that whole situation also just like reignited my love for Moulin Rouge, which I have a deep one of. Great news. Um, Chloe says, I beg y'all to find another show to cover so that they can be free from watching another season of this garbage. One day. Me too. And um, well, yeah. what did I reply? I said, me too. Patrick says, I'm more angry about there being a Cooper back in ni- 1890 when we were told Betty's great grandfather was born as a blossom and changed his name. Fair point. Could have been a completely unrelated Cooper. Cooper's a pretty common last name. Maybe so this happened. Andrews. <laughs> Maybe this happened like just after he changed his name to Cooper. Okay, but can you imagine that even a small town like probably has more than one Andrews or Cooper in it? Like those are pretty. Yeah. I mean, I've never known anyone with either last name. I bet, but it just. Why seems are you like looking a at me like that? I know. I was. I was trying to think if I had. <laughs> I couldn't come up with anybody. Um, and then uh, let's see. Zev says, "Gotta admit, I really didn't think that Cheryl would put the quote unquote precious." cargo to work in a recently collapsed mine, but here we are. Yeah, uh, but they were together, so witchcraft was protecting them both. Yeah. Zeb says, anyway, thank you both for another fun season of Riverdale recaps. Riverdale might not be fun, but at least we are. Um, I'm excited to hear what you'll have to say about Riverdale once it enters its spooky season, to which I would say, Zev, thank you so much for all of your uh, thoughts and, you know, all season. I really, really appreciated that. It was always a nice little surprise over on the Cast Twitter DMs. So thank yes, you. Thank you. Thank you for being our friend and being part of the conversation and being nice. And I have one more person to shout out, which I didn't notice until yesterday because I got to say, say what you want about the platform. For whatever reason, I do not really get notifications for it. Over on TikTok. Oh, yeah. Did you see this? I did this, see this. This was nice. So over on TikTok, there's like a pretty viral TikTok of someone talking about some of the plot points of Riverdale season five. And so we got a comment on it from M underscore Elliot, who said, if you need to feel seen, listen to Kowski Cash. They recap all the episodes. Afro Mary and at Kirsten McKinnis are the best. Yeah, that was so nice. Um, I, you know, I don't know if anybody has found us from that TikTok, but if for some reason somebody has, sorry for the mini rant at the beginning, but <laughs> hey, disclaimer, now you know now you know what you're getting into. Now with you this know podcast. what it is. We will spiral at the <laughs> briefest crumb of critical reception yeah especially when it's based on nothing yes but um but thank you so much for that look i gotta say ups and downs with riverdale this season but i had a great time talking with kirsten i had a great time talking to all of you and and i've i've loved the the support and maybe we can all including the writers rally for season six and and end this on a high note what say you yay riverdale (laughs) uh let's take spooky season off 
And here's the other thing. If Riverdale does end at season six and that frees us up, I think that we might actually be able to do a podcast on something we like that can be more positive and then everybody wins. <laughs> yeah. And like if people are concerned about, oh, yeah, do you even like that show? Well, I also podcast about BoJack Horseman over on BoJack Horse Pod and that's a great show. Yeah. And I... <laughs> well, yeah, what do you do? <laughs> I am very constantly positive on my Twitch stream when I do Twitch. It's all positivity over there. We're never negative, ever. My Twitch stream is also quite fun. Yeah, very very positive times. Good times. Maybe I'll... Uh, hopefully I can do some more Twitch streaming during spooky season. So, of course, you can follow both of those at Frail Mary and at Kirsten Said What. Follow us everywhere at those handles, including TikTok. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do some TikTok-y. I made a TikTok today based on one of my... I had a, a really funny Survivor tweet. I won't give you any of the spoilers, Mary. Don't worry. But it was basically like, so-and-so at so-and-so. And then it was that video of the guy getting threatened with a knife. And he's like, call an ambulance, call an ambulance. And then he pulls out a gun and he goes, but not for me. <laughs> and I posted that tweet and I tried to turn it into a TikTok uh, because Brian Scally's been making Survivor TikToks in that way. And it's been going great for him. And it instantly got taken down for being against the community guidelines because it was violent. So I had well, to, I, I put in an appeal and we'll see what happens. What was your appeal? That it's a meme? I was like, it's not real. <laughs> Did you have a real gun or something? No, I'm not in it. It's a video oh. from YouTube. <laughs> oh, it's just the video. It's just, it's just the, that video here. I'll, pl I'll play the audio of it for the people that need to know. I feel like this sounds familiar. I don't know if I've seen the Wait. video, but I, ah, okay. <laughs> Me coming at that's us coming at anyone who leaves us a one star review. <laughs> <laughs> call an ambulance, call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> oh, good one, good one. Um, perfect. All right, everyone. I think that's it. I think that's all for this week's episode. I think that's all for season five. I'm glad that we don't have to do any kind of funky end of season five that we're then going to have to like continue in the next couple episodes of season six. Like, no, we're done. Season Not five is TBK closed. TBK is coming in. <sighs> no, we're done. We're done. Betty's getting kidnapped by the TBK. Like, I think Betty soon. is going to turn. Betty's got to turn into a season. Okay, wait, wait, question. wait. Archie is going to get kidnapped by TBK. <gasps> and then Betty's going to go rescue and him. And Betty has to go rescue him. And then he's going to be like, never mind. I want to be with Veronica. <gasps> I don't know. I'm like so confused about where these couples are going to end up. Everything I thought I knew is, is gone, so I'm so confused. But. I think that once you free yourself of expectations of Riverdale, your life gets a lot better and easier. Okay, maybe I'll try that one day. I don't know. <laughs> In the meantime, I'm just going to sit over here and read some Twilight fan fiction. Sounds okay. great. <laughs> and the evening has wrapped up. I'm going to bed. Kirsten's going to go watch uh, Grey's Anatomy. That's right. And uh, you know what? Thanks, everybody. We really do appreciate it. You know, we might sound sarcastic, or at least I might, but I'm not. I, I love having this. We're just, just tired. We're almost 30. Okay. Yeah. We figured out our ages. <laughs> okay. All right, everyone. Until next time. Bye. If you have an issue with my mom's meatloaf, you can leave. <laughs>